Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Hey guys, what's up? This is Patrick. Thank you for tuning into a special episode of the Wealth Standard Podcast. This week, I got to sit down with Brock Pierce. He is one of the candidates for the U.S. presidency. Yes, there are more than two candidates, believe it or not. Brock uh, can be found at brock.vote. There it has a great explanation of his political platform as well as his social media channel links. Brock and I met when he was actually here in Salt Lake City, which is where I'm located. He was kicking off his uh, bus tour, amongst other things. And it was a great conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview. Now, Brock, you may have heard his name before. He was a child movie star. He was in uh, notably the Mighty Ducks movies. And he is also known in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. He is the director of the Bitcoin Foundation, I believe, as well as the co-founder of Tether. Now, 2020 is definitely a year where anyone thinking about running for president would think twice. It seems like everything that has happened has been weaponized politically, and the two parties are shooting at one another, and the American public is in the crossfire. At the same time, now is potentially a time where we can uh, wake up to a different message and start to question our assumptions. Maybe Brock is the guy to do that. He's young, he's wealthy, he has made a difference in the technology world, and uh, I believe he has a good message. So guys, enjoy the interview. Go to the show notes as well. It has links to some documentaries we mentioned. It also has links to Brock's website and also some of the third-party conventions that are going to be happening over the next couple of months leading up to the November voting. Guys, thank you so much for your support. Appreciate it. Go head over to thewellstandard.com, checking out the show notes as well as the other resources that we have. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Brock, it's awesome uh, to be with you. Thanks for taking the time. You are a busy man these days. Yes, I've got my uh, hands are full. Running for president is more than a full-time job. And I had a few jobs before this. Did you realize that going in or has a lot of things surprised you since, uh, since you made that decision? I understood that running for president is like stepping into the ring of fire. You are calling in the magnifying glass to have every decision you've ever made in your life scrutinized, demanding 
in terms of meetings day and night, interviews, answering questions. I mean, that's what you're signing up for is uh, not sleeping much <laughs> and working hard. 2020 is kind of like a ring of fire on the sun in uh, as opposed to other elections. Yeah, this one is uh, especially divisive, but it feels like we're just as a trend, as a nation where we've been moving in this, it, it doesn't feel like it just started now. This you know, feels like it's been accelerating or amplifying throughout the course of my life, but we definitely don't feel like the United States right now feels like the divided states. And whether that be politically divided, economically divided, racially divided, Social while divided. simultaneously facing you know, existential threats, environmentally, technologically, conflict uh, challenges with China. I mean, a lot going on. So maybe talk about what compelled you to run. I mean, this is obviously trying times. The vitriol is off the charts and you step into the ring. So why don't you tell the audience about you know, what compelled you to run and what message you want to communicate to uh, not, maybe not just the United States, but to the world. I can summarize why I'm running for office in one word, love. At a time where it feels like our choices are fear and hate. I love this country. I love the American people. I believe in us. I have faith in us. And love is the answer. Unity is the answer. We have to find a path forward together. We have to have passion, compassion we have to be patient. We have to have understanding. And right now, uh, you know, we're in this path of this two-party system that you know either comes into collusion or full polarization. And we are polarized as a nation, and we have to find a way back to unity. And hopefully, by putting love on the table as one of the choices, we can figure this out together. Yeah, it's interesting, and you probably have a different perspective now. But it's interesting just to really try to observe 2020 and you use the word divisive. It's grown. That chasm is really big right now. And it's not necessarily people being for something and for something else. It's being against. There's a lot of against and not very much for. And so it's interesting to hear what you're for, which I do believe is you know something that can bring, bring people together. But what's your experience on the road been? And what has it been like I know you're just about to kick off your bus tour around the country, starting in Salt, Salt Lake City, our home base. With the people you've interacted with and the pulse that you're getting, where do you start? Where do you start to have that conversation? Yeah, so I'm not running against anyone. I'm running for and with everyone. And so in Salt Lake City right now, I'm in, uh, I'm in Utah. And so the experience has been interesting. The message that we share or the message that I communicate seems to resonate. People that are the furthest and the furthest right, everything in between. The message resonates. The issue for us is not uh, whether or not the message resonates and people are into it and agree with it. Our issue has been in reach. And so trying to get the message out, well, the political system is rigged. It's rigged to protect and preserve the duopoly, you know, red and blue. And anyone that's trying to present an alternative is essentially shut down and prevented from even being on ballots and all sorts of things. It's, it's a wild ride and I can explain it, you know, from the inside. And so um, there's that challenge. The media, you know, similarly doesn't want to present anything that isn't the two-party system. You know, the debate stage is the same way. Uh, the debates, because that's today, the debates historically were run by the Women's League of Voters. But after the Women's League of Voters allowed Ross Perot to participate in the debates, 
they stripped that privilege away and, and handed it to one Republican and one Democrat. And so uh, to ensure that no third party would ever make it onto that stage again. Talk about the different demographics that, that exist this go around. Clearly, there's the millennial generation, a generation that's now coming to its own professionally graduating college, and they don't necessarily have the decades behind them that has influence taking this side or that side, even though there's definitely you know, compelling influence to take a side. What role do the youth have today, and how do you feel you can better connect to them than, let's say, the presidents that represent those two dominant parties? Well, that's where our message resonates most. We pull best in the you know sub forty year old category. I'm thirty nine. <laughs> I turned forty in November, and so whatever happens in this election, this is just the beginning. We are laying the groundwork for the future, as well as uh, doing everything that must be done for this this election cycle. And so the youth, what I would tell them, is they are the sleeping giant in this country. When the youth wake up and realize how much their voice matters, how much their voice counts, we can literally change everything. So 43% of eligible voters in this country are not voting. Over 30% of registered voters are independents, meaning that we are already the majority. We are already the majority. The Republican and Democratic parties are the minority, but we've been tricked. We've been confused. We've been living in the solution that our only choice is red and blue. And the question is, when will we wake up and bring the necessary change? As Albert Einstein is often quoted with saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know, when are we going to do something different? What have you seen with the youth that is giving you hope? Because there is influence and the influence really starts within the school system right? Where kids are taught facts, not necessarily how to debate them or, or how to critically think. But they have also been influenced by, you know, and it depends on the state, but it has caused them to start taking sides. And as they listen to social media, which is a huge influence in their life, that obviously can take sides as well. What's your advice or what's your message to them that allows them to maybe pierce the veil of having to choose sides and be able to step outside of that and understand facts, understand truth, understand whatever the opposite of rhetoric is? <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, we have to unlearn so much of what we've learned because history or his story was written by the victors and it's not always accurate. And so uh, a lot of those facts are not necessarily facts. And so what I would encourage everyone, regardless of your age, is to vote your conscience, to trust and follow your heart. Do what you feel is right for you. I would avoid making compromises because compromises around our system of governance, that thing that governs over us, does not lead to good things. You know, we hold our family and friends and coworkers, you know, to a certain bar of truth. You know, if people lie to you, you stop hanging out with them. You know, if people cheat you, you normally stop working with them. But for some reason, they don't have to abide by those same principles and rules that we apply to everyone else. We have to start holding our government accountable to our values and principles and stop compromising. Taking a break from the show, 
I want you to know about a course I created for successful real estate investors that I'm making available to my podcast audience for free. You guys know that stupid business and real estate investment decisions almost cost me everything in 2009 and 2010. And since then, it's been my mission to teach you listeners the invaluable lessons I learned during this strenuous time so you don't have to experience those same lessons. Perpetual Wealth Real Estate is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy I use personally with all of my real estate investments to ensure a profitable transaction and maximize the overall return. The Perpetual Wealth Real Estate course is my gift to you. Register today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI. Again, the URL is thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI, Romeo Oscar Indigo. One more question that I'd love to pivot a little bit into your professional area of, uh, of expertise. Last question is, it seems like today people are forced to take sides and there's a leverage of group psychology that if you're not with us, you're against us. What do you say to that, especially when it comes to youth? Because youth in large part are still gaining a lot of self-esteem and self-awareness based on the groups that they associate with. And so not being a part of the group often is highly influential, which has them make decisions about political issues as opposed to forming their own opinions and perspective. So what message do you have for those that may sit on the line and may not like the side or the cards that they're dealt, but nonetheless, their group, their influence, their family in some cases, their community is going to outcast them if they even don't take a side, their side. Yeah. So in the long run in life, you eventually have to free your mind and break free from the control and manipulation of others to hear what people have to say, to process that information, but to ultimately think for yourself. Don't let others tell you what to do. Don't let others tell you what to think. Make sure in life that you do you. Whether you realize it now or later in life, that is when success really begins for you. You know, you're taught in school to conform, to conform, to conform. But what you learn as you become successful in life is that actually conforming is what prevents success. You eventually have to, you know, step out of conformity and become the individual, right? The independent being that you are and to make your own decisions. And some will learn that sooner, some will learn that later. But the sooner you learn that, normally the better off your life will be. And I think as you get better, as your life improves, so will the world around us, right? Uh, you only have the power to change yourself. But through the bettering of yourself, you have the ability to inspire and influence others to better themselves. And so be the change you wish to see in the world. Try not to succumb to the fear and hate. It's me against you. You know, we're all one. We're ultimately in this together and to have compassion and to be patient and try to understand where someone's coming from and why they have a different perspective and to agree to disagree, but understand we're ultimately in this together. And so uh, we're not against each other. We're in this together. That's a great message, Brock. It seems like this might be a pivot, but I think there is some relevance to your area of, of specialty as a professional, which is blockchain. I know you've 
had an extensive background there. And you can look to blockchain. Sometimes I like to look at it as you know an arbiter of truth to, to understand what is fair because and it's not just in the political arena, right? It's in the financial arena. It's I mean, it's everywhere where you you essentially have interested parties that stack the deck in their favor, right? That may give some truth and hide maybe what would make a person side the other way. But blockchain, in a sense, has the future of being able to help us to know uh, what is right, have maybe more facts objectively as opposed to subjectively. So with the perspective you have with that background, how do you view whether it's our political system, whether it's our monetary system, how do you view it differently than most? And what type of message do you want to communicate as far as how that technology could ultimately improve things? Well, I mean, antitrust, right? And trust with truth is a very important thing. And so blockchain should enable a world that is more trustworthy. Remember, absolute power corrupts absolutely, which is why we created antitrust laws. Our government recognized that systems of two, and most of our world is run by monopolies. You know, those things that we know over time we can't trust. And so the blockchain hopefully brings and restores trust to systems by creating transparency and accountability and you know, all the wonderful things that hopefully you know, create a more inclusive, fair world. And it's, a lot of it's relevant to you know, what's going on right now. I mean, take, for example, one of the things that I um, started was the digital dollar, tokenizing and creating this concept of a stable coin. And that system right now, or UST, is doing... $10 trillion a year in transactional volume. You know, governments around the world have recognized that technology can be used to enhance their currency at a central banking level. The Chinese government has created the Chinese digital one off of that framework. And so this stuff is becoming very, very relevant, which is another reason why I think we need visionary leadership in our government that understands technology. We've seen how social networking, you know, has impacted our democracy. If you haven't seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix, definitely a movie worth watching. And also Brittany Kaiser is, uh, is my campaign manager. Also check out The Great Hack. These are things that are very relevant right now as we are in the final month or so of the election. And technology really matters, which is why we need leadership with foresight that understands how to navigate the road ahead because technology is amoral. Technology is a tool. How we use it is what matters. And with artificial intelligence coming online, robotics, automation, I mean, the landscape of work, the world around us is changing. And I think we need leadership with their finger on the pulse. I mean, we watch our tech giants testify before our government. I mean, it's embarrassing to see the quality of questions that are being asked. Our government does not understand how the world is changing right now. And it's accelerating and it's changing so rapidly that the decisions we make over the course of the next decade will probably not only determine the fate of our nation, but the fate of humanity. Well, the world has progressed so quickly. And as you get up in age and you come to a certain perspective and paradigm of the world, it's difficult sometimes to accept new information and hold new information. And so you really look at the leadership, not in just our government, but leadership in business, religious leadership. They're all in that same demographic. And you're right, things are happening so quickly. 
and they're not able to pivot and make decisions that would otherwise benefit people simply for the lack of knowledge. So blockchain is one of those things where it's been a buzzword, right? But it's gaining more popularity. And those two documentaries, yeah, I could not emphasize. I've, I've talked about them before on the show, but sometimes information typically goes you know, in one ear and out the other, in the eyes, out the ears. Hopefully this year specifically can really demonstrate how social media, how rhetoric has been weaponized and how much it is negatively impacted things, including everybody's lives. And hopefully there's an awakening of sorts. Sometimes in order to accept another truth, there has to be some pain associated with it, maybe a, a punch in the face, right? Just to have a wake-up call so that you're open to new ideas, not just sticking to what you've already known, always known. So Brock, thank you for sharing this. I mean, it's a great message. It's an inspiring message. I hope that more people follow you and more people open their eyes uh, because of you. Is there any last words you'd like to say or anything that we haven't talked about that you think would be important to, to end with? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, if you want to learn more, join us at brock.vote. You know, as we brock the vote, I'll close also on just some sort of game-changing ideas. Because I'm a systems designer, I understand the power of incentivization. And if we want to upgrade the operating system of the United States of America, we need to like take a step back and take a look at what are we incentivizing? What is our goal? What is our vision? What is the destination for this nation? What are we aiming for? Historically, we measured our success by growth. The problem with growth is it assumes infinite resources, which we've known for some time we don't have. Therefore, lots of conflict is occurring between us as we're trying to take from each other's pockets. The other problem with growth is it doesn't differentiate between positive and negative. Cancer creates growth. Locking people in prison create growth. Forest fires and hurricanes create growth. So what kind of growth do we want to incentivize and the pursuit of happiness? What if we started to measure our success as a nation by life, by life expectancy? What if we started to measure our success by freedom? We're supposed to be the land of the free. And what if we started to measure our success by happiness? And so I'd like us to start thinking about how do we create America 2.0? How do we shift the gears to bring us to a place in the year 2030, you know, to an America that we all want to live in, a redefined America, one where the American dream is flourishing, one where we are the light of the world and the bastion of hope we were always intended to be, one where we are unified and united and aligned and figuring out how to support each other and love thy neighbors instead of being in conflict. All these things are possible if we set our minds to it. And so I guess last thing is, if you are in uh, Wyoming or interested, the Independent National Convention is going to be October 23rd and 24th in Cheyenne, bringing together the third parties and having our debates and all of those things. So I would encourage you to join us online or in person. And if you're along the campaign trail, I'm in uh, Utah right now. Next up is Idaho, then Wyoming, then Colorado. Send us a tweet, hit us on Instagram. We're interested in connecting with every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you having me on the show. God bless. Thank you, Brock. Wish you the best. Let's connect again. If you ever need anything, just let me know. But I think your message is inspiring. And I believe this is the year of any where it's a wake-up call so that people will listen and take some action. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for your time and best of luck. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and 
terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,